Welcome to North Dakota After Dark, where you will find that it is uh, After Dark, and we're in North Dakota, so we have checked both boxes in our title. Uh, we like to do efficient bookkeeping, and uh, and here we are. We're really pleased to welcome this evening Tony Bina, uh, who has been described by one of our hosts as his favorite Bina. <laughs> <laughs> Second favorite Bina, uh, Tony's brother bought me shots at Sinbin the other day, so we have to discuss a ranking system. But we'll leave that. Ranking changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he cheered for the Lions and bought me shots. Um, so, I mean, tough, tough to argue with, right? So I must be, I must be Kelly's favorite Bina, and I don't know where I stand with Corey yet. So, how many Binas are there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, you're Pim. <laughs> uh, well, Tony, we appreciate you taking the time to join us this evening. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, I appreciate you showing off your rink as well. Uh, I'm currently working on mine, and I had a discussion um, with our former guest, Danny Mardo, uh, the other day that neither me nor Danny is happy or happy for anyone that has the rink on already. So we are... Um, wallowing in, in self-pity and bad feelings but i appreciate it all the same well i hope my ring can bring you some cheer especially this holiday season that's really really kind of you i think so uh, <laughs> uh so for those of you who don't know uh tony is a local hockey dad uh currently has three boys playing uh one of the reasons i wanted to get uh tony on in addition to talking about that nice rink in the background is juggling having three kids um in, in travel hockey at once i understand there's a spreadsheet tony do you want to kick us kick it off and tell us a little about spreadsheet yeah. organization and i failed miserably i forgot to print it off i was gonna actually show it to you tonight but um yeah it was one of those weekends where Cass was gone with logan for hockey and she said we should really figure out once all three are traveling what we're going to do. So I created a spreadsheet, color-coordinated with oh, man. each kid and then our, our four, the fourth column discard, identifying who is going where. And um, it's, it's an interesting, it helps, especially like this weekend, I'll be going to Grand Rapids. Cass will be going to Moorhead with Carter. I'll have Tucker. Logan will stay back with uh well he'll stay the night here friday night because cass will come back from moorhead oh. but then sat but then saturday she will take carter to moorhead and then logan will stay and play his two games and then ride with the Irians to moorhead stay the night and then play his game on sunday along with carter's game on sunday too yeah you can see the boys in the background I love that. Yeah. That's so cute. It's the timing of us switching to a video podcast couldn't couldn't be better. Yeah. Yeah. Tony, not, to be, not to be nitpicky, but technically you filled in a spreadsheet. You didn't create a spreadsheet. <laughs> well, I, so yes, I sorry. I, I filled in a spreadsheet, Corey, just to make you happy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like next week, formulas. Yeah. Well, hey. While you're in Vegas next week, oh. yeah, not filling your spreadsheet, I'll be in Fort Francis with Carter. Cass will be in White Bear Lake with Logan, and Grandpa Bob will have Tucker in Hallock, Devil's Lake, and West Fargo. 
So I'll be uh, in White with your with your wife because that's what's that. I'll be in White Bear Lake with your wife. That's where we're yep. headed. Not this coming weekend, but the following as well. Oh, yep. That's where that's where she'll be. So you guys keep running control down there in the cities. Yep. I and I'll also. I'm glad to hear that Cass will be there because um, due to Central schedule, I will be single mom in it. I I don't. Uh, Matt will be dipping out on me. That guy. Hey, but you gotta support the Knights, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, I, I was just doing an unofficial count. Our our ratio of knights to Rough Riders guests is about five one in favor of the knights. I mean, it, that tells you guys you're... got. <laughs> you, you, got think, you guys got good taste in who you're on or yeah. who your special guests are. And I think our one the one that I'm counting as a Rough Rider uh, was a graduate of Central anyway. So is that Andrea Reynolds? Yeah. Yeah. She... yeah. To Central, she can say whatever she wants, but yeah, okay, that's fair. She, she was a total Central grad, yeah, just a year older than me. So, the, oh man, so okay, well, I guess try and balance it out a little bit going forward. Oh, there's no need <laughs> talk about it off the air. So, uh, Tony, how long has the spreadsheet been in, in, in existence? Is this just first year this year or second? Uh, year? Actually, I kind of stole it from Cass with our summer schedule that she okay. put together. And then I just incorporated it into our winter schedule. And it's been active since November and we'll go through early March. And then you got to factor in. And then I factor in my work schedule too. Sure. With, you know, events we have. And thankfully, most of my events are during the week and I got some fellow administrators that help me out on the weekends and cover any basketball games that we might have on a weekend or whatever it might be. So still an impressive level of organization. It took some time, took some thinking who wants to go where, who, who would rather be there than here. That's why I'm in Fort. That's why I'm in Fort Francis and she's in the cities. Uh, the, you are aware we're staying at a distillery in Fort Francis, right? Is that where we're staying? See, yeah. at least I'll have you there with me, Fuller, Andres, Corey. You're not going to be there, right? No, my my work trip got pushed back a week. It's the week after, so you'll yeah. be there as well. Yeah. So, Tony, I have a serious question. Who was your employer before Central well, High School? We don't talk about that dark time. No, no, no. It was Ground Forks Public Schools. <laughs> oh, so and, and before you were employed by Grand Forks Red River, who were you employed before that era? There, I was at Central. Okay, so follow-up question: uh, Would you consider yourself a bandwagon administrator, and why don't you have any loyalty to a program? <laughs> I'll hang up and listen to the answer. He, he does, Corey. It's because he wound up where he was meant to be. Okay. <laughs> yep. So I look at I look at it this way. I taught at Red River so I could coach at Central. Became activities director at Central because that's where I want to be. Went to Red River as associate principal to get my admin experience to become the athletic director at Central. That's the right answer. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it all worked out wonderfully. Yeah, that, well, that's great. We're obviously happier there. Uh, Corey's line of questioning is also a ringing endorsement from the University of North Dakota School of Law. Corey, you're supposed to know the answer to the questions before you, you don't want surprises. So witness, <laughs> witness one, 
Corey. Yeah, I'm well, gonna strike that. I'm gonna strike that response as non-responsive, and I'm gonna ask my question again, Mr. Bean. <laughs> All right, that's right there, Corey. Right there, Corey. <laughs> I love it. Um, so why don't we just uh, two two bookkeeping things? Uh, why doesn't everyone tell us what they're drinking? Guess first. Yeah. I'm drinking a Kona. First time I drank one of these was in Hawaii. And when I got back, I sadly realized they sell my Happy Harry's for about <laughs> the same price. <laughs> Put the magic away from it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> in <Hawaii>. Yeah. <laughs> Is drinking a Kona in Hawaii like going to a tournament and playing another Grand Forks team? Oh, Ooh. Like going to a tournament where you cut off. Just like going to an out, out of town tournament and playing another Grand Forks team. Is that is oh. that I'm just trying to look for a comparison for drinking going to Hawaii to drink a Kona. So okay, so it cut out their second or froze up. So drinking a Kona in Hawaii is compared to where going to a tournament where? Geez, uh, your Wi-Fi is as strong as your loyalty to a school. <laughs> you know, uh Tony, it's complete. I was really just trying to make a joke, just to make, just to try and introduce Corey to humor. You know, we're trying to bring him along slowly. As the only uh, Teutonic person in here, he's he's new to jokes and uh, such. So um, we can we'll just let that one slide. Um, tell, uh, Kyle, I want, yeah, I only think it's appropriate since it's her podcast. Kelly should go next on the Kelly podcast, right? I'm sorry. Jeez, look at me. What a usurper. Yeah, you know, I mean, it it makes a lot of sense. It, I don't. Tanner Swanson did call it the Kelly Moreland podcast, and I'm going to go with Tanner because I like that kid a lot. Yeah. But uh, uh, I'm I'm finishing up. I I realized I, when I looked into the fridge, I'm like, ooh, I have one peach white claw left. So I'm kind of like holding on to. Uh, it, this gives me flashbacks of Maple Lake, which is good. That's <laughs> Mentally, I need that right now. So um, not that it's been a bad winter, but it's just I'm, I'm missing the lake. So that's that's why I dipped into the peach white claws. Completely fair. Corey? Well, Kyle, uh, I was one day into dry uh, January, so I'm going to say that I made it officially. Um, and tonight, I am drinking the beer Mr. Swanson dropped off at my house, which is a Icewind Brewing frothy-headed minty muggins. And when he dropped Ooh. this off, I thought there was no way I would like this beer because all of that sounds horrible. It's a mint milk stout and it's not bad. It tastes like Christmas. Wow. Yeah. Very Kelly, Kelly made the exact right part. face. Yeah. I just minty beer. I'm not. Yeah. I hate mint. You know, yeah. I, it's not bad. You got it. You can't knock until you try it. It's kind of one of those things. But in theory, I'm like kind of like toothpaste beer. Yeah, so. yeah, it, it, I can see that, but you know, Ice Wind is just—they haven't screwed up yet. I got to give these guys credit. Yeah, I liked it too. So yeah. I, I, I believe you. I was probably on the fence, uh, but I'm having uh, a dark rum and cherry coke. Ooh, which is pretty good. Um, you can call either this, or if you substitute the cherry coke for Dr Pepper. You can call that a ninja. It's pretty good. Uh, I'll be a little sweet. 
which is how I refer uh, Corey referred to as, you know? Yeah, well, just a little. Just a little, yeah. A, a um, scintilla, as you would say. Yeah, very, very small amount. Um, and since we're all wearing uh, branded clothing from really from everywhere, Corey, why don't you introduce our sponsor? Oh, I'm having phone problems. Give me a slight interlude. A slight interlude. Uh, well, I'm going back and forth between a Cullen hat that Shane gave me and then a Spicer hat that Kelly gave me because uh, they had them handy. Uh, I also have a... Um, are you familiar with the character Spalding from Caddyshack? I... Yeah. Yeah, I have one of his hats too, but I just it's just a little bit out of reach. Um, both in terms of what I can pull off and my actual arm length, so... <laughs> Sorry, guys, I had to kick my uh, Wi-Fi over to cellular because apparently my kids are playing too much uh, video games tonight. But uh, tonight's podcast is uh, brought to you by Injuries Construction Services. So they have over 20 years of experience in all areas of construction. Projects include banks, oral surgeries, offices, dental offices, schools, retail space, auto body shops. You name it, they can build it. You want your next project to, to be a breeze? Call the folks at Injuries. With all phases of assistance in construction from the initial design all the way through completion, you dream it, they make it a reality. Andrews Construction Services. Really well done. High-end work, Corey. Very well done, Corey. Very impressed. Yeah. yeah. You know, everyone continues to be impressed by me, and I just keep telling them, I don't know why. You should just come to expect these things. Yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, so perhaps now we should turn it over to our titular host, Kelly. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I, there was a question. So my question more so goes to Tony. I'm going on the athletic director side. Yes. Um, just because I find it interesting. And then, you know, that ties into like high school hockey and, and everything like that. But, um, like what, do you, Tony, is like part of your job, are you part of like scheduling the games for the high school hockey season? And I was kind of interested in that because I'm just I'm interested. Um, so with my position, so we have building athletic director, both at Central Red River, obviously I'm the one at Central. And then we have a district activities director. So he's in charge of <clears throat> scheduling. Yeah. Ice is bad, the boys say. Okay. Too much snow on there. Um, but yeah, Don't tell Carter it's called a shovel. Use it. <laughs> They're crawling across the hardwood floor right now. <laughs> I wish you could see the sight right now. I kind of envisioning like the dog that's dragging its hind leg across the floor as they go. You can't, you can't. You know, they know perfectly well if they walk those skates on their mom's hardwood floors, uh ever do. They would be in trouble. They'd be in trouble. Back to scheduling. So Mike Biermeyer, district activities director, takes care of scheduling that is outside of our school. So like for example, hockey. You know, he's taken over hockey and he's done a good job, especially a central schedule. Looking forward to tomorrow night playing Bemidji. At yeah. home, fan appreciation night. So any kids that are wearing Grand Forks hockey apparel will get in for free again with a paid adult. And uh, yeah, so 
my role is I will I do the scheduling for like basketball, wrestling, volleyball, all the sports, basketball that are in our school. And we have our big scheduling meeting next Monday to schedule for all of next year's seasons. And uh, it'll be a very long day, but a good day. And yeah. From- and that was kind of my question was, I mean, because like coordinating all the activities um, has to be a little bit of a challenge. But I, it, it's um, amazing to me that you are coordinating all of next year's activities right now. So yeah, it's, <laughs> so it's hard to. So this is your forte. You are. Yeah. yeah. It, it's fun. It's exciting. It's fun when you can, uh, you know, obviously the conference games are pretty set. You play teams every year, but when you pick up non-conference games like we have tomorrow night and yeah, I, some new rivalries, just something that's pretty fun. Yeah. Even, you know, the tournament that you did um, last week in World, um, well, I mean, not a tournament, it was multiple games on tournament, but, you know, it's just fun to see these new games added, new teams to play. Um yeah. You know, we have that benefit of going, being right next to Minnesota. And so it, you know, I mean, we're North Dakota hockey, but it's, you know, definitely makes us better. And it's fun because, I mean, they went in and they beat up on Minnesota hockey. So that's also a lot of fun. That was a great week last week. Beat Warroad on Warroad's home ice. Yep. And then took it to Providence and yep. came out there 2-0. and It was a good week. So the boys have been playing well, been fun to watch and. Should be another fun one tomorrow night. Yeah, uh, the Wayman kid for Providence Academy too is uh, will end up on Central Scouting's uh, mid midterm list too. So it's not a <laughs> no no joke there, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's just just really speaks well. Well, it's one of the things we talked about when we had. Uh, I'm not sure if you know Coach Moreland that works at Central, but uh, he spoke about this in the summer when we had him on as a guest. Yeah, I, I've heard of him. I think yeah. I know who that is. Yeah, he used to have really great hair, and then he went bald, and oh, he, just, he lost it after that. Really did, Corey. He really did, right? <laughs> but uh, he he wrote me right in in high school with um he had the long hockey hair, and he um like he'd do this thing with his hair before he put his helmet on before games, and I'm not gonna lie, I missed that a little bit, miss a little bit. So you know, but hey, still have the memories, you know. Hey. <laughs> Just, just, just to offer some counterbalance, that guy can really fill out a pair of Birkenstocks, though. So let's let's leave that on a positive note. <laughs> well, well, no, because I I had the opportunity to have uh, an adult beverage with a uh, fellow coach who knows uh, Coach Moreland's um, current attire and uh, shoe wear for hockey games, and I was told he wears fancy boots. Well, he does um, for central games. He he does wear fancy boots right now. Um, but spring and fall hockey, he's very committed to the Birkenstocks. Um, but, you know, he, he changes it up a little bit for winter. So huh. Lack of loyalty seems to be a, a whole central problem. <laughs> Stick with the Birks. Wow. <laughs> Look at that. Um <laughs> Well, I tell you, I just, just in order to uh, keep the peace here, let, let's let's shift gears a little. Tony, why don't you tell us about that nice rink you have behind you? So I think I just figured out this is our fifth winter now here. So it's a rink that's about 32 by 68. And it's got 14 and a half inches of ice on one side and about four on the other. And it's uh, we have a nice walkout garage where kids can get dressed in the garage. I got their little living room set up and I walk out to the ice and skate. And it's uh, 
it's a nice outdoor playground to get them off their phones for about four months of winter and it's uh, kids love having it and logan loves to go out there by himself without anybody else and just shoot and skate around and the boys obviously like to go out there with their buddies and stuff too but it's it's a lot of work but it's definitely well worth it and uh i think it entertains our neighbors too as well i know my neighbor to the to the north of us said that they love to just sit in their kitchen and just watch kids skate outside and shoot pucks and i know my neighbor across the back there he likes to open up his shades and peek through like nobody knows that he's watching but he's always watching the boys skate around as well and that and sounds like a different type of neighbor <laughs> yeah <laughs> old creeper no yeah. <laughs> but we uh no and it's even for Cass and i seeing the kids in the backyard skating having fun and it's uh it's, it's definitely worth the time i put into it and uh when i get some help and now with my hand, Logan's been a pretty good help, him and Cass both. When we had the rain over the Christmas break, we uh, we had to refurbish it a little bit. We had some rough patches on the ice, and we took 55-gallon barrels, like the, the leaf and grass barrels, and we'd yeah. fill those up with hot water and dump them onto the rink, and then it would smooth out and take a while to freeze. And we did that two nights in a row, and we got the ice back to smooth, and and uh, we do have a Zamboni for our rink, and we hook it up to hot water in our little uh, laundry room. And we have a faucet that's got that's threaded to hook up a hose to it. So Logan just got done flooding it here about a half hour ago. I don't. I okay. So as a non ODR owner, because yeah. I could throw a rock from my front yard and hit the riverside. Rink. So my husband refuses to put one in the back because he's like, yep. just walk to the rink yep. in front of our house. How many hours do you guys, when you guys are building these, how many hours goes into that? Oh boy, I bet you it's... Careful, Tony. This is a female asking this question. You don't know if you want to give her a real answer. <laughs> this is getting recorded. <laughs> yeah. I would say I got probably 30 to 40 hours into it you know and just like this is the first year i flood this with the with the fire hydrant and that took two and a half hours itself just to flood it and if i we used our two faucets our outdoor uh, hoses and it was 18 to 24 hours to flood oh. so with this our old house it would take me about an hour with the fire hoses maybe 12 hours with regular hoses and because of the slope of our backyard it's amazing how long it takes and uh but yeah just building the boards getting those set up putting the netting up putting the lights up you know make it and then you gotta crawl around the night before you do it before you put the plastic and make sure there's no screws sticking through the boards or anything that's gonna tear a hole into it and you always want to make sure you have your uh Flex Seal. Flex Seal Tape. That should be your sponsor next week. They should sponsor I've, everything. I've repaired three holes in our rink in the past five years underwater, and it's yeah. fixed it. Yeah, take a piece of it, stick it in the water slot, and it sticks, and it's sealed right away. It's something else. Yeah, I'll never forget three or four years ago, I think I was on the ice coaching Tucker's termite or mite practice, and I get a call from my wife 
all worried because the boys were on the ice too soon. It wasn't froze all the way through. It was about four inches of ice, and as they're skating, water's gushing up the sides, and then the ice is starting to melt along the edges. And one of the kids that was over lost the puck down the side and was trying to dig the puck out with his stick while he tore the plastic, and we had water gushing out. So I came racing home and said, go to Menards, get Flex Seal, and I'll meet you at home. So she ran quick, cut Flex Seal tape, Flex Seal spray. <laughs> she grabbed out everything. And <laughs> I got there. It took me about three minutes, and I stopped the leak. And then I went over to the Icon, filled up a couple uh, totes of snow from the Zamboni, and built up like a little dam, and it, and it stopped it. So, yeah, it seems like every year there's knock on wood an issue, and this has probably been the best year so far, And uh, which is weird because usually I flood the rink in November, and this is the latest I've ever flooded it. Yeah. So do you call your uh, Zamboni, do you call it a, rink, a rink rake, or do you call it the home bony? Neither. <laughs> Tony sorry to, sorry to burst your fun, Corey. <laughs> I had to ask. Where it's in the production notes. Fire a Zamboni. So my brother-in-law, Josh, has yep. an old rink and his own Zamboni. But he, and it's a it's a UND Fighting Sioux Zamboni. He, he acquired it from the Caulfield family. So, oh. you know, like a mini Zamboni. Hmm. That's common. So. <laughs> I was once, uh, I once looked at that. Bob Caulfield actually asked if I was interested. Yeah. But no, ours is just a PVC pipe with holes drilled into it with a cloth towel that drags behind and smooths it out. But it works wonders. And so. were you were you as interested in buying that actual Zamboni as Sled and I were on uh, buying that old uh, UND half football cart and turning it into a tailgater? <laughs> Pretty close. I don't know if the excitement was quite that close, Corey, but it was close. <laughs> it's, uh, it's funny. It's really an exercise, uh, the rinks in like amateur engineering between stuff to build and stuff to fix. And yeah, the leaks is, yeah. you, you get, you get creative and clever really quick. Ah, uh, yep, you do. Yeah. And uh, Logan there tonight was complaining, goes, Every year we have a problem with this rink, and I go, and every year we come up with a solution, so it's fine. Yeah. But we, uh, you know, and the one thing I've done in the past, but again, it's been too warm, and I'm still hoping to do it, but this might cause issues, but I actually have in the past flooded a skate path from the garage to the rink, kind of mystery Alaska style. Yeah. Still one of the best movies ever made. Not quite as long as Mystery Alaska, but yeah, yeah peak peak Russell Crowe. Oh, now I'm gonna have to watch that again. Yeah. That is, that's oh yeah, that's good. it's been a while since I watched it. It's been a couple of years. Me too. It's it's that means it's time. Yeah, well, right. That movie actually taught me the definition of the word fornicator. Let's talk about that. Let's dive into that. Yeah. <laughs> now, psychologist was a few episodes ago. Corey, why is your face all red? No yeah. kidding. <laughs> that was an honest statement. That's how I learned. 
<laughs> what did you learn driving by the billboard at uh, Washington and Demers? That there are more than one visual use of a scrunchie. Right. Yeah, well said. <laughs> well said, Corey. Um, now, you, you touched on this a little bit before, Tony, but uh, prior to going to the, the fire hose route, were you uh, flooded all at once or a little bit at a time? Did you, did you have a preferred method? Because I know there's a lot of uh, discussion back and forth on what people's preferences are. Does it mean like the fire hose or the garden hose, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, and I would say every year I learn something new. So last year I had an issue where it got warm and the bottom of the boards bowed out and then caused the plastic to run underneath the boards and cut holes in my plastic. So I had that issue. So I learned to put some kicker boards along the ground so that the bottom of the boards cannot bow out. Oh, yeah. Try to follow what I'm saying. So I got yeah. kind of like an angle. So I got an angled board that butts up against it to support the wall. But then I got yeah. another board that runs along the ground. And then I put a stake in it. So knowing that I did that this year was the first year I've actually felt comfortable using the fire hose because I was always worried about my 76-year-old neighbor freaking out as the right. boards collapse and water is pouring into his backyard. Because <laughs> every year, how many gallons of water do you think are in that thing? Oh, no boy. kidding. And I don't want to know how much is in there, but there's a few sleepless nights just waiting for that thing to freeze. And this year I flooded the rink on a Monday and then went to Orlando, Florida for work on a Friday. <laughs> and we had temperatures of 40 degrees. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, please do not would not want something to happen where my wife would have to deal with it or my kids. So thankfully it held up, but knowing how to reinforce the boards, I I prefer the fire hose just because it's quicker. Yeah. And I actually had to run mine. I hooked up 250 feet of fire hose, ran it across the street to the nearest fire hydrant this year. And I actually, my neighbor to the North, the one that loves watching the kids, he actually helped me. He's a, he's a firefighter. So he would actually run the hose while I'd just go around and make sure the plastic was holding right and the clamps were holding right and that there's no holes or nothing. And so it's a, it's a two person job. Sure. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. So you so. use 250 feet of fire hose. Yeah. What are you compensating for? <laughs> That, again, Corey, we had the psychologist before, okay? Sorry. Sorry. No. I'm, really, I'm just stuck there. I'm stuck there and I'm working on it. You know, I, 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 got, I got a lot of work to do on myself, Kelly, and I need to spend a little more time. Yeah, I think I think we'll have to do another uh, almost uh, a back-to-back -back episode with uh, Alexis Greaves and get her back in just to just maybe a little one-on-one -on -one time, Corey. You know, like a special a special sit-down. She never. Hey, I asked her. I asked her point blank. I said, why am I such a jerk? And is it my parents' fault? And she did not answer. Didn't bite. Yeah, I suppose no. maybe she knew we were limited to 90 minutes. Fair. And she wasn't getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> right. Good Good points all. Um, and then, uh, so you, you mentioned the depth is pretty good there. What, uh, so hypothetically, once it starts to turn warm, 
you know, what, uh, what's the staying power there? Um, as far as like, well, I'll say like hypothetically, you know, let's say March 1st and, you know, temperatures are hovering around the, the, the melting point. Like how long will that ice last? Um, skatable to be skatable, probably maybe a week if we're lucky. Yeah. And we get the sun that hits on for about four or five hours during the afternoon, pretty good. Yeah. And especially when it hits that north wall of the plywood, it'll melt them pretty good. And yeah. uh, and then, but the problem is it doesn't do enough where we have to actually take a sledgehammer and bust it up and chop it up. Yeah. So it, it takes, you know, a couple of weeks to get all the out of there and everything. But so then you look at that, it's the 40 hours of, building it and prepping it and getting it to go. And that's probably another 10 to 15 hours of breaking the ice, taking the plastic out, tearing everything down. It's yeah, always it's quicker a, to turn it down, yeah. just like a wedding, all that planning. And then it's over pretty quickly. So, or just do it twice. Like I did, you know what I mean? Yeah, that works too. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, it creates a lot of efficiencies that way, Tony and all the stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you did wrong. Yeah. And then, then the actual play. I get it. Yeah. That's yeah. And plus, I have a really nice set of bowls from the first one that I'm really attached to. So it's bowls? Bowls. Yeah. They're really fancy, Corey. I, I don't bring them out when you're here. Are they yeah. at thank, thank you for that. Pardon me, Kelly? At your house? Oh, yeah. Your wife is such a good woman. I would have broke those a long time ago. I'd have been like, oh, here's your bullshit first wives' bowls. Uh, I'm going to smash them. So well, you're, you're, she's the it, best. Was, it was so fast. The bowls did not get unwrapped. So, I mean, technically <laughs> though, uh, if you, if you look at chain of possession, Corey, I learned that in law school, I guess you, you probably judging by your questioning, you didn't, uh, unbroken yeah. chain of possession. Yeah, just me, so Corey wasn't there I that day. I, I was on messenger that day. Yeah. <laughs> MSN Messenger was really big with back in the school oh, days, man. Corey was on MySpace and he did yeah. yeah. My band was really trying to make it back then. Wondering why wondering why Tom from MySpace wouldn't accept his friend request. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like Tom. No. Right. Um now what are the other things uh and, and this this is I'm sort of trying to set Corey up here. Uh Tony, you were a goalie uh as as a player. And had a uh, long, long time coach as well at the high school and youth level. Corey, why don't you ask your favorite question now that it's teed oh, up? Thank you. I appreciate that. Tony, oh, wow. uh, this, this ought to be good. Yeah. I, I got to know what is the, your favorite chirp that you have ever heard or said in a hockey game? Favorite chirp yeah. or something said? Yeah. I would have to say it goes back to my senior year in Thief River. And it wasn't so much of a chirp as it was uh, my big defenseman. It was, uh, God, what's his name now? Jay Gelman. He was a, just a, he's a lineman. He's about, I don't know, 5'10", 5'11", about 240. And I remember we're on the penalty kill. And he would go as the puck would rotate from side to side. He'd come by and they had a guy planted in front of me and every time he would skate by this guy in front he'd whack him in the back of the legs and he'd go how do you like that and the next time he'd come by he'd hit him a little harder how do you like that 
And then finally, I think the third time he came by, he hit him so hard, he dropped him. And I started giggling. And here comes the puck from the point and goes right by me, and they score a goal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after the game, luck, we won, which was good. But I told gentlemen off the game, like, you jackass. I go, I'm sitting there giggling, watching you whack this guy in the back of the legs. He falls over, and the puck goes right by me. And if you guys knew Jay Gelman and Kelly, I think you do. I do, yep. That's, that's him to a T. <laughs> that's fantastic. But, yeah, you know, well, that's a good one. Everything. I've been around a lot of stuff. I'd say when I coached in Bismarck, they mic'd me up for a game. And I don't know if that was great, but yeah. our student section threw a coyote head onto the ice. No. I was coaching with Bismarck High, and we played Williston, and our first goal went on the ice, and they threw a coyote head. Oh. Um, yeah, they did that. I also got called into the office the day we played Minot, and my principal and then the associate principal, who was the former coach, called me in, and they said, we got to let you know about a little ritual that goes on here in Bismarck against Minot. And I'm assuming you guys probably know what it is, but just like they threw the coyote head, they threw the rabbits on the ice. And he said, the reason why we have you in the office is because, one, to let you know about my number two, the rumor is, is your JV hockey players are sneaking all the rabbits in with their hockey bags and carrying them into the rink for the varsity game. And sure enough, I bet you there's a dozen hit the ice. I'm not lying. Oh my god! That is some there's a whole lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you remember though, Tom? When I okay, so this was when my brother played. So I was a little bit younger. But um, when Central would play Red River, mm -hmm. um, the pet stores would ban rat sales for yep. like a week before the game because it was so customary for high schoolers to go in, buy a rat, typically spray painted red, yep. and let her fly. And I'm talking a live rat. Oh. Uh, I mean, the rat didn't usually wind up too good after being flung onto the um, the ice. But I remember them stopping a Central Red River game to chase a rat around that someone threw onto the ice. Yeah. Um, was so that the crack down on that in the pet stores so that people couldn't buy rats like before Central Red River games? Yeah, because I recall one where is the old Ralph, or <laughs> maybe in the same time because the old Zamboni guys out there the shovel trying to catch the thing and trying to catch it. Yep, and yeah. I I remember it and I I felt bad for the poor little rat, but uh, uh, <laughs> that was also a tradition. So I I wonder where the kids were getting the rabbit. Were they catching them? Were they buying them? Uh, lived out west, so I'm pretty sure a lot of them were hunted. They were hunted, yeah. Yeah. That's Just like so that coyote. Not like you go right. to the pet store and find a coyote. Well, he's not a tent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one there was like an eye-opener. I was like, oh, my God. I don't – I can't approve of the cruelty, but I can applaud the creativity, you know? I mean, oh, yeah. it's that's next-level trolling, and I do like that. So, so funny story. The year the live gopher was thrown on the ice at a uh, UND uh, Minnesota game, I know the individual who had said gopher, brought said gopher in. It wasn't me, um, but 
he threw said gopher on the ice still alive they had to capture it i also know who the one of the rink assistants was at the time who had to capture it and funny enough he thought it'd be a great idea not knowing to give the gopher in the bucket back to the original person who actually threw the gopher on the ice and he no. had no idea it was the same person dead no serious way. dead serious Wow. That's next level tricky though is to get a yeah. lot of gopher in because they're not going to go willingly like a rat is a tame yeah. animal typically you know like a pet store rat is like a pet but a gopher and mm -hmm. a lot of one that's a trick man like yeah i gotta that's commitment yeah oh man that's uh so, what oh go ahead Corey. i was gonna say so tony uh to help you with some of these uh great chirps so there was a bit of a kerfuffle after uh, our, our boys uh, won in overtime this weekend. Uh, and I was watching what was going on. And I I only saw the very end of it and the refs break it up. And my son was in the middle of it. Why? I don't know. He's my size. He shouldn't be in the middle of any fight. But I had to ask him what happened. So there was an overtime goal. We scored, won the game. And there was uh, apparently a sizable gentleman cross-checked him after the goal. He got up and uh, introduced himself to said gentleman. And when the refs pulled them apart, uh, I said, well, did he say something to you? And he said, yeah, he said something. I said, well, did you just skate away or did you say something back? He said, no, I said something back. And I said, what did you say? Was it a chirp or something? He goes, yeah. I, he said, I'm going to try to get this right. I wouldn't have hit you if I would have known how ugly you were. <laughs> I'm pretty proud that, of my boy right now, Tony. <laughs> that is, that's pretty good. Real, real mean girl stuff. Yeah, that, that's one of those like hurts right here, you know. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Well done. Not, not dirty. Won't get you in trouble. Not a penalty. Just reminding the gentleman that he wasn't particularly good to look at. Yeah. Again, it's next level trolling, and I just I gotta respect it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's like a good hockey term. Oh. Yeah. Um, which brings us to the next segment. Uh, one of the things we also like to do is say mean things about Minot. What, what do you got after all your time out West? You know, Minot, I play with a couple of guys from Minot. And now I played in Botano, North Dakota Junior College. But um, Minot was always, you know, why not Minot? And I remember playing them in high school in the state tournament. In Lane Young, one of our seniors, I'll never forget the huddle before the game, played mine out in the quarterfinals. And we're all, you know, pumped up, ready to go. And Lane Young goes, let's kick their effing ass. We got a better air base than they do. And we all start laughing. And we all broke the huddle, went and we won the game like six or seven, nothing. But it was just. That's a great trip. <laughs> We got a better air base than they do. For the one person outside of North Dakota who listens to that and doesn't get that reference at all. No. <laughs> so good, though. Yeah, oh, totally. Oh, man, that's awesome. Um, we uh, talked quite a bit as well about just some of the differences in coaching. And, and again, you I know run the you know, termite groups all, all the way to high school um, have been at it for quite a while. Um, you know, and not not to like make an age joke, but do you think you've been at it long enough to sort of notice a difference in how how kids respond to stuff, or uh, is it 
too short of a time period because it's one of the, we, we try and ask that from time to time differences in how kids respond and and what uh what gets to them and all that stuff you know it's changed from when i coached i was 23 when i first took my head coaching job at bismarck high yeah and then i was 25 or 26 when i ended up at central and that was still the day where you know you get after kids pretty decent yeah and it was not like we were not like we we're degrading or anything but i mean you could get after them and kids would respond and it's it's different now in the aspect where it's more about relationship building and getting to know sure. the kids. And then I think when you get to know who the kids are better, they will respond if you get after them here and there, if things get a little heated. Um, where, you know, back in the day it was more like, it's kind of like how you, how we were parented. Yeah. You know, our parents, you know, bring out the wood stick, the belt, whatever. And, you know, if, get spanked if you were doing something right they get after you nowadays it's it's a much different style of parenting so it's kind of the same with coaching and to an extent where you have to be careful especially with, with the public and with the parents and how i think that's the big difference too back in the day if i screwed up and my teacher or my coach got after me my parents would say yep you deserved it Nowadays, you deal with a lot of parents, not all of them, but there's parents that coach gets after their kid. They don't like it. You know, the accountability piece is different. And yeah. I see with my role as an athletic director where I get, you know, a call from a parent that is not happy about maybe what a coach has said to their son or daughter. And it's like, it's, you know, really not that bad. And they're, you know, making a point. But it's just, it's different nowadays. And even as an associate principal, the way some parents try to get their kids out of trouble compared to you got in trouble, dig yourself out of it yourself. We're not going to bail you out. So that it is in the 15, 20 years. Well, I think I've been in education 24 years. That's changed, changed quite a bit. And I'm not saying everybody's that way, but some are yeah i think that yeah i think that's completely fair too like in uh it, it, interesting to try and is i suppose the follow-up question is that and i think i know the answer already but I, I think it's probably incumbent upon the coaches to change versus trying to get the kids to change because you're at that point you're you're really swimming upstream too so i think that can yeah. be a hard thing for for coaches to change especially if you were you were taught or coached that way usually yeah. usually that is sort of the trickle down effect is like you you just pass that along and now it's made a complete sea change yeah. um yeah and that's part of like with my role i educate our coaches on how to deal with kids how to deal with parents it's different and again you go back to that whole get to know your kids first get to know them well and, and it's hard like i look at like our hockey coaches like for matt he works 10 hours a day you get to the rink you get to know the kids for that hour and a half. And that was, even for me, when I coached at Central, I taught at Red River and I didn't get to know my players well enough because you go to the rink and you're there for two two hours, two and a half hours, they're out the door. Whereas you go to school and you see them in the halls and you visit and talk to them and get to know them better. 
And I think that goes back to the old theory too, why coaches should be teachers within the school right? because of getting to know your athletes better. Um, but, you know, in reference to, you know, my coaches, I think they do a really good job of it. You know, our hockey, our hockey coaches do get to know the kids pretty well and build those relationships. And when you need to hold kids accountable, it's more of they feel like they're letting you down as a coach. Whereas those coaches that maybe don't know their athletes very well, because they don't, they seem like they don't care. It's a lot harder to hold those kids accountable because they don't at times respect it. And that's, and I think that is a difference from 20 years ago to the way it is now is the respect factor. And again, 90% of them do, but there's the 10% times that maybe don't just because of the way it is, the way they've been brought up, you know, maybe who their parents are. And, the, and that makes it tough for coaches. And that's why you see coaches not coaching for 10, 20, 30 years anymore either. It gets to be a lot. And um, we have 23 sports at Central High School. In about a month or two, I'll have hired my 12th new head coach in about an 18-month span. Oh, wow. So over half my coaches all have hired myself. And, and again, a lot of them that are done have coached for four or five years, maybe at the most. And it's maybe they're having young families or the pay is not the best. And they just the amount of energy they put into it, they look for something different to do. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting that standpoint. Yeah. 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 Go ahead, Kelly. Sorry about that. Well, no, just, you know, I mean, I just, I agree with Tony. It, 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 um, I, until I saw, you know, my husband was coaching and I mean, even at an assistant level coach, yep. uh, it is, you really have to have a passion yep. because it is, it is a lot of time committed. And if you were to break down what you get paid per hour, it's not oh, a lot. It, no. it, so, so it, you, you do it for the love of, you know, I, I mean, yep. it, it's, um, it's, it's the for the love of the kids, for the love of the sport and everything. But you're exactly right. I mean, it's it's hard and um, but I did like where you talked about like one of the fundamental changes has been the relationship building. I like that because it's really true. And I think that that is kind of become more important to kids now. Um yeah. needing to know they're cared about it so that they will care in return, you know, like yeah. um kids very much now it's if they don't feel you care about them they don't care about you yep. um, so I think that was a really key one to hit on um in terms of changing where like you know years ago that was just not expected um kids came in just understanding that this was coach I respect coach because that's who I I was told to do and kids yep. don't buy that same thing today you know I yep. mean they feel like, you know, they're going to respect you, but you have to earn their respect in turn as well. So yeah. it's a, it's a fine line. Yeah. And, and the biggest, I'd say the biggest word, it's relationship building, but it's trust. If they feel they can trust you, you yeah. have them. But once you lose that trust, it takes a while to get it back. And um, yeah. And I think the other piece too, is the amount of money that goes into sports nowadays 
you, it's a major investment. You look at what we do on a weekly basis. Oh. Where, like, go back to our travel schedule. We got two different hotels, eight hours apart, and then another grandparent driving kids around, gas money, and all that stuff. It's so the amount of money people put into it's a little bit different nowadays because there's more. And I think that's harder to swallow when things aren't going right for parents. And it's like, you know, I put all this time and money into it and it's not going and this coach isn't playing my kid or whatever it might be. And so there's another aspect too that's a little bit different. But um, but yeah, back to the whole trust and relationship piece, it's huge and getting to know your kids. And once you do, you have them and they'll play for you. And, and I respect Grant and Matt and Timmy and, and Pluto, you look at, you combine the amount of years those four have coached, it's got to be close to 40 years. And you don't see that very often anymore. So it's kudos to them for the work they do and the way, and the way they work with those kids there at Central. It's, it's fun to watch and I enjoy watching them coach. And that's the stuff I do miss about it, but it's fun also to be an athletic director where I get to work with coaches and kids directly and, and uh, still have those relationships with them and enjoy it every day. One of the uh, things I think helps to build a little rapport with the kids, especially the ones that I coach is, is some humor. And I I've heard Tony that you are, you know, one of maybe the top five or top 10 dad joke tellers in Grand Forks. Could you lay something on us? <laughs> well, I know who's not, I know who is number one. And that's the guy I'm looking at on camera right now. There's there's nothing better not than Corey. You. Definitely not Corey. No. Now, what's what is one of my favorite dad jokes? It's hard to recall sometimes after you've gone through so many of them what it is, but well, if you wanna I was gonna tell uh so my wife does a thing called North Dakota Nice, and I thought if you want to think about it, I wanna I'm trying to get onto her show. Um and one of my New Year's resolutions. Uh, was just to make people feel more welcome. So we have a we have a new neighbor um, from town. They're uh, teaching at the university, and they um, they moved up here from Mexico. So I'm trying to use some of the lingo of trying to say, you know, trying to say words like mucho around them. And I think that really means a lot to them. That is awesome. How do I even follow that up? There's no way. That's, That's just well out of here. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Dad. Uh, well, it's up to Kelly to fill the bridge. Is you know, uh, Kelly. It's Kelly's podcast now. Kelly's got to well, pick up the slack. I have a question. Actually, this is one of the questions I wanted to tell you. So, one of the reasons that I, I when I told Tony when I was um, trying to get him on our show is just because I. You know, this is a North Dakota hockey podcast, and there are certain, you know, like family names that are synonymous with North Dakota hockey. And I definitely think the Bina family is one of those. Um, well, thank you. Brothers. And, um, you know, I grew up watching, I, Brian is closest to my age, but, um, you know, Tony and Robbie, Robbie played at University of North Dakota. And my question is, was your dad, was Bob a hockey player or were you guys a first generation hockey family? We were first generation. My dad was a graduate of Midway High School and he was a basketball player. Oh really? And, no kidding. Yep. 
and he uh, he was just telling the story to my father-in-law the other day at Logan's game about how Don asked, he goes, you ever play hockey? He goes, I wish I could have, but they wouldn't let me quit the basketball team. But he was at school when Midway made the state hockey tournament for their first and only time ever back in, I want to say it was 1970. I think that sounds about right. And it'll be in the state tournament program that is now digital, no longer a handheld. That's another touchy subject for me. But Ooh, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, so he, around that time, it was his high school classmates that played for Midway, upset Park River to get into the state tournament, and then got beat by Central 10 to nothing in the first round. So, but yeah, my dad was a basketball player. Good story, right? Yeah. So, so but. Which one of, was it you or which one of your brothers who started, which was the first of the Bina boys to start playing hockey? And then kind of how did that start with your dad being a basketball player? Um, You know, it's it's interesting. Part of it, we grew up from the Purple Arena, about three blocks down. Um, I started when I was six. Aaron started when I was four. We both started the same year. And uh, we played at Elks Park. I was back when you had your two outdoor practices and then you would go play your little game on the weekends. And it was two years later, I became a goaltender and stayed a goaltender the rest of my life. And then Robbie and Brian played after us, but yeah, my dad always kind of liked hockey um, as a basketball player that he was, but that was kind of, and we, the other thing is we grew up right across the street from Elks park. So you had the outdoor hockey boards there, the, the lights were always out in the winter time, and I was back when a lot of kids used the outdoor rinks. And so, yeah, it was thankful that they got us involved. We uh, we really loved it. We had a passion for it, and kind of fun to see all four of us grow up through Grand Forks and then play high school hockey at Grand Forks Central. And you know, all four of us played high school or played hockey after high school, and. Uh, Robbie, obviously, the one the most successful playing at UND and then playing pro eight years in Germany. And it's uh, fun to look back and even show my kids, like, the videos of Robbie playing at UND. Of course, the long goal comes up often. I was just saw it on Twitter last week. Again, people just randomly post that stuff. And yeah. so it's kind of fun for my kids to see how we grew up and you know, our brothers and all that stuff, just like the Morelands, no different there either. The scandal when Robbie broke his neck, that um, that was like huge in Grand Park. Yeah. That happened. I remember that. That was yeah. uh, that was a big story when that happened. I mean, but he's doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's he, he's, he's doing. What's that? He's your neighbor. <laughs> yep. Neighbor. So. <laughs> yeah. No, Watching he, Lions uh, games at the Sin bin with me now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, shots. New BFF, Kyle. Yeah. So, Listen, Tony. You got to watch out for that, Kyle. Matt calls Rob. He will, when he goes out with Robbie and he comes home wrecked, he will, it turns into a verb. He'll tell me, I got Robbie Bina. Yeah. And well, it, it's Robbie becomes not a noun, but a verb. So, yeah. you got to watch out because you'll get Robbie Bina. And then well, you yeah. can do things we, we like that. We were told the Riverside Express is coming. Do not move. We got there and Robbie said, and he called all three two-point conversions in a row at the end of that game. He's like, they're going to do it. They're going to do it again. They're going to do it again. It was 
Fantastic. And do you know who Robbie's favorite team is? He didn't say. I would assume it was the Lions. He was into it. The, the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> he's been a he's been a diehard Buffalo Bills, Chicago White Sox, and Toronto Maple Leafs guy all oh, his life. Really? Nope. That's like like in the Vikings. You got to get you know comfortable with heartbreak. Yeah, yeah. Especially being a Bills fan. So yeah. Well, so to, go ahead, Corey. Well, I was going to shift gears a little bit. I got a, I got a goaltending question now, Tony. Go for oh. it. So your goaltender, not, none of your three boys are goaltenders. What's up with that? <laughs> well, I remember Logan had a liking for it. And we he used to watch TV and he used to get in our living room and he put the little goalie pads and the goalie helmet on. And then when he started playing hockey, he would always gravitate to wanting to be a goaltender. And I remember Cass always saying, would you stop? I go, stop what? I go, I'm not influencing anything for him to be a goalie. But if he <laughs> wants to be a goalie, I'm not going to tell me can't. And uh, I don't know how it ever happened where he just kind of lost that love of a goaltender and I think enjoyed scoring goals and it changed. But for for Cass's sanity, yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Parker wanted to be a goaltender, but then I saw the price of the pads and I put, put him in the garage and I shot as many uh, uh, tennis balls as hard as I could at the poor kid. And all I gave him was a baseball glove. He didn't want to do it at all after that. <laughs> I changed my mind. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay, Dad. Please stop. I'm not done yet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. that's fine. Know. Just you got to hold so, your hand up. No, please do. Um, I. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but this year at Christmas, Jess asked me if I would buy her flowers. Uh, and in my defense, I didn't know she sold them. <laughs> oh. That was a dad joke, and that was a good oh. one. <laughs> I'm very impressed, Corey. Good work. Yeah, well done. Thank you. Really, Thank really you. well done. That was good. Um, yeah, nice. Um, Sorry, Kyle. Go ahead. No, that's perfectly fine. I, I already told Tony this story, but... Um, both my kids are goalies. Um, I was wow, talking to Tony awesome. before the Bantam game, and I said, you know, driving uh, my oldest to Moorhead for a game and, and just talking about uh, it. We've been on the kids about getting getting mentally ready before games. Do your warm-up this way, do this, yeah. and just, just get yourself prepared. And I said, part of that is, you know, it's practicing hard. Uh, just practice like you play. And I said, you know, when, uh, you know, I, I bring the goalies over to do a little talking about stuff. You guys got to pay attention. And and I said, sometimes you guys are, aren't always paying attention and this and that. And she goes, well, it's probably because the guys want a professional, not just some random dude whose kids are goalies. I'm like, <laughs> oh, God. what an <laughs> asshole. Oh, uh, God, you know. Oh, my God. That is a, that is a. Kid chirp to a dad right oh, there. Oh, right? Yeah, speaking of which, like, it was so earnest. Like, he had a point, but I'm like, that is really rude. Yeah. That's that's when you uh, bring back the old 1980s parenting style and dump yeah. them on the ice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah or, or we'll do the big wheel for an hour. How many shots do you want tonight, you little shits? You know, so. <laughs> yeah. One of those, it only hurts when I'm breathing comments. You yeah, know? right? Yeah. Um. And just to delve in t- into the obscure, uh, Corey has the distinction. I think he's in the Grand Forks tourism catalog. Is the only guy in town with two friends from Saskatchewan. Uh, so as such, 
I'd like you, Tony, to impress Corey with your pronunciation of that province's name. Oh, Saskatchewan? <laughs> Corey, what do you think? 1,000 points. 1,000 points. Too many. Hey. Oh, Way too many. Ke Kelly gets it. You know, that's why it's her podcast. Yeah. Saskatchewan. Yeah. Right. Nailed it every time. No one would know I didn't belong there. Uh, yeah. And the closer again, you get to Riverside, the less syllables you can put into each one of your words. I'm technically closer to Canada than you guys. So. And, it, and it shows, right? Yeah. Uh, so, Kelly, I got one for you. Okay. So, I always remember this. Matt told me this about a year ago. And it was Carter and uh, Carter's playing hockey and Carter's playing forward. He goes, what the hell? I go, what do you mean? He goes, do you know that Carter just broke the mold? Or no, he wasn't talking about Carter. He was talking about Tucker. Because I think Carter played some defense. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, it's the long line of being a playing defense. He goes, you're a goalie. Aaron was a goalie. Robbie or Aaron was a defenseman. Robbie is a defenseman. Brian was a defenseman. Mm -hmm. My nephew Aiden was a defenseman. Logan's a defenseman. Carter's a defenseman. And then there's Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's he, he, he's a forward. <laughs> yeah, but he also could have been the one I saw be a goalie. I could have seen Tucker yeah. do. He's, you know uh, what? He was he was another one that flirted with it for a little while. Yeah. And then kind of grab it because he too liked to score goals. Yeah. Just like he likes to celebrate too. Yeah. Well, leave it to Matt to pick up. Matt Wood. That's how his mind works. Yeah. He'll yeah. Have I, that I'm like, you know, like he picks up on what hand a player shoots. What like stuff that I would later have to go like, well, I don't know, I didn't notice, you know. But yeah. he catches that type of stuff. But yeah. Tucker's the baby. The baby usually goes their own way. Like they're yeah. they don't yeah, they don't like to be led. They they they. Yeah. This, this just made me think of the best year mom joke ever. I'm going to apologize for it in advance. So, uh, Tony, with uh, four boys in your family, it sounds like your mom wasn't good at defense either. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Wow. Oh, wow. Gee, Louise. <laughs> hey, shots fired. Uh, uh, I did apologize in advance. And by the way, Tony's mother is a lovely woman. I've had the pleasure of meeting her. I'm so sorry, Mrs. Bina. Okay, so you uh, you watch it. Lovely, lovely woman, and I feel horrible, but I had to do it. You could hold back. You couldn't. You could help yourself, just like a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> that woman survived four hockey boys. She belongs. In a in a hall of fame because yeah. I it, it was probably not coincidental. Um, the Binas are masons, and that house needed to be made of stone in order to stand because four hockey boys. I cannot imagine the stories that your mother would have, what she went through, the fights, the floor hockey games. I mean, it it yeah. really has been something. Yeah, the the bonfire stories at the lake at about one thirty in the morning are pretty good. And mom laughs now, but back then she there was oh. some moments where she didn't. Yeah. I don't I do not doubt that. I, I just from experience I mean I have two and then she had two more and it's uh there should be a medal involved. I say the same thing about Pam Moreland. Yeah. Um, 
that that woman is a saint and you'll never hear different from me. Yeah. You know, yeah. Jess is going to listen back to this podcast because she listens to most of them. And I'm, I can already hear her running down the stairs yelling at me. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> she knows what you're thinking. Yeah, uh, fair. <laughs> and, I would, and I would say uh, my mom is uh, pretty lucky to have her, pretty great. And I know Corey doesn't say gag me, but, you know, my wife, too, with three boys in the house, it's... Uh, Four boys, we'll put it that way. She'll she'll even <laughs> say there's four boys that she's got to take care of around here. But no, no, you, I, would never, I would never say gag me. I don't know what you're into, and that's your guys' deal. <laughs> the gag me reference comes from Sled. <laughs> yeah. I think I made a romantic comment on a family trip in the Badlands one time, and I said something to Cass and Sled. I think we're in a cave down in Rapid City and goes, gag me. Can we have Sled on just to discuss the picture of him and his wife uh, uh, at Bentleyville and <laughs> That, yes. I, I, I even got just about that. I got in trouble over that. Because <laughs> I was sending that picture to all the guys sitting at the bar in Duluth. And got back to Anna, and she wasn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they took a lovely family, uh, a lovely photo of themselves in Bentleyville, which is a Christmas decoration uh, gathering in Duluth. And let's just say that the gentleman that uh, Tony and I both uh, mutually know uh, may have teased him a little bit about that photo. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, well, listen, uh, poor sled, poor sled indeed. Uh, we're coming up on our time here, so uh, we would really like to have you back sometime, Tony. You should bring Cass back. I really want to talk to her about her first foray into broadcasting peewee hockey games, which is you really know, a delight if you haven't listened to it. I'm pretty proud of her, she did a pretty good job last year. Really, week. a nice, yeah. Because I don't know, I don't know if you heard this. Because she did the squirt ones all weekend. Oh no, I didn't. I I heard the peewee one, but not the squirt one. So she's done the peewee one, but she did the squirt one all by herself. Huh. And then in wow. her closing comments on the last game on Sunday, she goes, "Thanks for bearing with me, and you'll have my husband next week who will need a little help because he doesn't have a right hand right now, so he'll need someone to hold the camera for him." And I'm like, I gotta live up to her. She did a pretty good job. Yeah. I was pretty proud yeah. of her. Yeah. Fun listening to her commentary and her excitement and all that. And so I got my work cut out for me in Grand yeah. Rapids this weekend. Yeah. She was right on top of it. So yeah, do, uh, yeah. If uh, anybody's interested, check that out. Um, so again, Tony, happy to have you back anytime. Really appreciate you taking the time uh, yep. to join us here. A lot of fun. And we'll have this episode out right away and off we sounds, go. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. And uh Appreciate the time. It was fun uh, visiting with you guys tonight. Yeah. Same here. Good night, everyone. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. Thanks, See ya. Bye. Bye.